Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. One of the uh, ongoing uh, stories today, and this was really interesting a couple of hours ago, and now it's been kind of dead, is the man in the white pickup truck in Compton on Poplar Street who took police on a chase, uh, survived a couple of pit maneuvers, got spun around, but kept going. And he took police into a a dead-end situation at the end of Poplar Street. And he's facing a chain-link fence and one of our uh, lovely cement rivers down below. And he can't go anywhere. We saw him uh, sucking, I guess, helium out of... He has a big blue helium tank on his lap. Oh, does he really? Yeah. (laughs) So it was helium. It looks like it. it, That's what it looks like, a helium tank. Or is it nitrous oxide? I, I, I just, it looks like a helium tank. Right. Can you get high off of helium? Eric would know this stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> can you? Can you? I don't believe so. No. Maybe if you inhale enough of it, but your voice just goes squeaky. So maybe it's not helium. Right. Nitrous oxide would be laughing gas. That would definitely give you a Yeah, so maybe that's that's what it is. Although uh, he was blowing up a balloon you, earlier. That's right. Very weird. And he was blowing smoke out of maybe a vape pen or a bong, too. And he's been sitting there now for um, you know, an hour and a half, and uh, he's barricaded in by the police, and they have guns trained on him. And occasionally he, he leans out the window and shouts at them, and they've hit him with pepper balls and tear gas the whole bit. Now they have this big bearcat, uh, which the SWAT team uses, this, this tank-like vehicle. And it's uh, pretty much bulletproof, and it's how they transport SWAT guys. And they're probably going to put that in position and uh, to eventually uh, do what they can to take them out. Um, it's, it's a monster truck, and it really would be impossible for him to fight it. You see it every once in a while brought out for these standoffs. So that could be a 
coming up uh, sometime this hour. See how that plays out. Hey, let's uh, talk to uh, Jim Patterson. As I told you at the end of last hour, we've got uh, we've got a couple of high speed rail stories. Number one, uh, it's going to be a hundred billion dollars short uh, in funding, and 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 number two, the governor wants to waste a half billion in the budget this year, even though the state's got a twenty two billion dollar deficit. There's like no chance this thing's ever going to be built, uh, but he's he's shoveling money at it anyway. And we're going to talk to him, Jim Patterson. He's the Republican Assemblyman from Fresno. Jim, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Appreciate the invite. Well, I, boy, you talk about a Groundhog Day segment, huh? Fifteen years uh, we've been getting can, together talking about this so damn let, thing. Yeah, let let's start at the beginning here when the voters were promised in 2008. A $9 billion state cost to complete a high-speed rail that connects San Francisco to Los Angeles by 2020. Uh, well, guess what? <laughs> Here we are in 2023, and we don't even have the initial operating segment completed. I've been on the uh, legislature uh, uh, and on a number of the committees that oversee high-speed rail, and every year we're supposed to get a business plan update and every single business plan I have seen in these 10 years always costs more than the previous one takes longer than the previous one builds less than the previous one. And now we have a project that uh, was supposed to be 9 billion to get it uh, from San Francisco to LA. Uh, the new project cost is a, is about 128 billion dollars so it i think i don't think i've ever seen a large public works project be scoped in the beginning uh and estimated in the beginning that was so out of whack with the reality of building what they wanted to build and here we are other there's something else too i've always questioned the ridership numbers right there a lot of the reports we would get uh, the uh, the high-speed rail execs would come in and they would they would exaggerate and i always kind of snickered to myself when i was in the committee hearing this that uh, you know pretty soon they're going to come to us and say the entire state of california will ride it every single year <laughs> right. these were crazy numbers well we now know that they have got they have now to reduce their ridership numbers by 25%. Now, what, what that means is fewer riders, fewer money in the till box, and a much higher probability that high-speed rail is going to have to be subsidized in its operating cost. By the way, the bond measure expressly forbid the state of California, the taxpayers, having to put up uh, a subsidy for the, for the operation. Uh, and now on top of that, uh, Newsom is spending $526 million uh, to spend. By the way, California asked the Biden administration for $1.2 billion uh, grant request uh, because they thought that the, it needed it. And the, the feds were going to probably come through and Biden was going to help Newsom bail out the project. Well, you know what? <laughs> Biden's administration simply denied the request. I was really surprised at that because you know they 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 use high speed rail as 
one of the rallying points to combat climate change, right? I mean, it's a fantasy, but they like to use it. And and for the Biden administration of all groups to say, no, we're not putting any money in this. Boy, that that is really a nail in the coffin there. It is. Think about it's a competitive bid. There are all kinds of states who are competing for that rail uh, money, billions and billions of dollars. And that comparison is obvious when you look at what California has done with billions of dollars. It's not complete, nowhere near complete, huge cost overruns, uh, no money to really complete it uh, from, you know, just outside of Bakersfield and Shafter to just, just outside uh, Merced. Yeah, right. If they do get it done, you're going Bakersfield to Merced. I, can you hang on? I want to continue yeah. this because this this okay. is really a joke. And uh, we're talking with Jim Patterson. He's the Assemblyman Republican from Fresno and High Speed Rail. Another estimate. It's uh, $100 billion short of funding. Biden administration doesn't even want to throw money into this. And um, and there's no sign this is going to end because Newsom wants to spend a half billion of this year's state budget on it. Even though we're $22 billion in, def- in deficit. So that's coming up next. On the John and Ken Show. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. The guy who uh, has the standoff with uh, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department in Compton at uh, the end of a dead-end street uh, has uh, going to have to deal with two Bearcats now. Two of them. These gigantic tanks that uh, the Sheriff's Department uses to truck in SWAT team people and position them and give them an advantage. Um, they're pretty much bulletproof, and they're impossible to move. Uh, so he's not going to be able to back his uh, white pickup truck and uh, do any damage. Uh, but they've got two of them. I don't know what they think he's uh, got inside his his pickup truck, but uh, they're treating him like he's a, a huge danger. Let's continue now uh, here on the Johnny Ken Show with Jim Patterson. Jim is the... Uh, Republican Assemblyman from Fresno, and we're dealing with high-speed rail stories because they're over $100 billion short of what they need, uh, and, and the governor wants to spend another half billion on it when the state has a $22 billion deficit this year. It's an incredible yep. waste of money for a, a, an yep. astoundingly stupid project, and and is is the whole reason with Newsom is he gets a lot of funding from the construction workers and so because it seemed like you know a year or two ago he was making noises like maybe we ought to shut this thing down. Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> my uh, this governor it is not a governor. He is a he's a performance actor. He is a pretty boy who knows that he's pretty and he is posing. As the governor, he goes on these rants that are utterly irrational. Uh, he's going to penalize the oil companies because they're, you know, screwing Californians over. The fact remains that uh, our oil uh, it's extracted in California uh, is cleaner. Uh, they do it better than any other place. And uh, the more oil we uh, don't uh, produce, the more we are reliable uh, on other countries that, uh, you know, much dirtier and much less reliable. Yeah. But I think the thing that bugs me the most is the former mayor of Fresno. Uh, 
I was I got the introduction for this when I was uh, uh, first elected, uh, and we were then just chosen. Nobody asked us, but we were chosen to be the you know the guinea pig in all of this. And if you go to Fresno today, all you see are these monolithic concrete uh, constructed uh, overpasses, viaducts, those kinds of things. Right. And they and they and they're they they're not connected to anything. So number one, they're like they look we, like Stonehenge. Yeah, we we've, we've been ripped up. And I and if we are not left with something of value, so when people say, "Well, Jim, we ought to just shut the thing down and you know throw it away," what do you know what that would do to Fresno, California? It would make us the laughing stock of the state because we'd have these incomplete pieces of uh, uh, of concrete. So at the same time, I'm I'm a critic, and I've been very harsh, and I've held them accountable. I was able to get a, a scathing uh, audit out of the California State Auditor, but I am also kicking them in the behind, saying, look, I don't care if it's uh, Amtrak. Something has to be there of value, or you have not only ripped us up, you've ripped well, us off. I, I don't know what, what anybody can do. I mean, here's a quote uh, from Ethan Elkind. He's director of the climate change program at UC Berkeley's law school. So you know where his yeah. sympathies would lie. Yeah. But he said the whole project's in jeopardy. It's dicey. There is no path forward for the full Los Angeles to San Francisco system. No path yeah, forward. He, and and there, there's, there's a report um, that says that you're, you're going to need more funding just to run it from Merced to Bakersfield for a passenger service. So there's no money even to go from Merced to Bakersfield, let alone L.A. to San Francisco. Yeah, well, what I've been, what I've talked about in the past with leaving us with something of value, I've repeatedly asked the High Speed Rail Authority, "What's your plan B if everything falls apart?" Well, they have admitted in public hearings their plan B is to basically turn it over to Amtrak as a multi-billion-dollar, uh, you know, improvement. Maybe they'll be able to run the trains at 100 and something miles an hour rather than 80 or 90. And if that was what was left over between, you know, Merced and Bakersfield, at least we have some kind of traffic through the city. Uh, they, built, they'll, they, they will have built the at-grade separations and those kinds of things. But can I ask but you, I, and, and, and no, knock, no knock on these cities or the area, how much traffic could there possibly be between Bakersfield and Merced? Well, again, if it was uh, uh, if it was the Amtrak service, uh, only it was up on those elevated structures and maybe going a little bit faster because they could run it like the Acela back on the East Coast, which runs at 135 miles an hour or something like that. Uh, it, we would at least have some kind of traffic. And by the way, uh, Amtrak does uh, haul quite a few people through the Central Valley. My big problem here is that if they don't change course, figure out what their plan B is going to be, and then build something of value to leave behind, uh, I, I, I just get uh, really concerned that we're going to end up with this concrete in the air, and what are we going to do? I, I, I don't uh, know. I mean, uh, let me read you another uh, quote here. This is Bill Ibbs. He's a retired UC Berkeley civil engineer. He, has, uh, he serves on the peer review group which yeah. is appointed in the state to over oversee these kind of these kind of construction projects and yeah. he has 
consulted on international high-speed rail projects, so he knows what he's talking about. And he said they don't directly address the hardcore engineering issues. For example, the 38 miles of mountain tunnels that are planned for Southern California alone, right, to get yep. to L.A. Yep. What are the major engineering challenges that lie in front of you, and why aren't you talking about them in the latest report they released? They don't even yep. discuss an enormous issue. They don't, they don't have a public plan for drilling through 30, 38 miles of mountain. Yeah, th th this, this is a, a, a herky-jerky We'll do a little bit of this, and then it fails, and then we're going to figure out, oh, well, geez, we made a big mistake here. And then they try something else, and they go, oh, geez. I have been saying for the 10 years, the biggest problem you're going to have is drilling through the mountains down south, drilling through the mountains up north. And that is a multi-billion dollar uh, expense, and I've never seen 10 years in the legislature on the oversight committee, I've never seen a realistic plan of how they're going to drill. By the way, the, the, the mountains, the San Bernardino Mountains, and over the, you know, down to the Pacheco Pass and all, all these other different areas, they're going to be drilling near fault lines. I, I, this, this, I think, is a – I don't know that it'll ever get past Bakersfield well, or Merced. They can't even lay down the track on flatland efficiently. <laughs> You know, I drive by these mountain ranges where the, uh, the, the the track is supposed to go, and I look at it, and I'm no engineer, but just you just use your eyes. It's like, they're not going to do this. They're not capable of doing this. Yeah, the other problem is that the that, that I don't think they have enough money. Let's back up one, one bit. We are supposed to have a this 119-mile uh, test evaluation track it's supposed to be demonstrating what a wonderful thing this will be if we take this demonstration from Merced to Bakersfield, make it from Los Angeles to, uh, to San Francisco, and it will be the demonstration project that will sell it to the private sector and all of that. Are you kidding? We can't even build two tracks, one north, one south, on the demonstration project. What's going to be? It's going to be one track, and so you're going to demonstrate. And they don't even have the money for the train sets, so I, it, I, it's it's falling apart. And and the, pretty soon, the governor and the legislature have to wake up to the fact that they've got to have a plan B to continue to try to do what they have promised from San Francisco to L.A. will just break the bank. The appetite for the state of California taxpayers to put the bill on all of this. Think about what $526 million would do to help our water systems, to build storage, yes, to, yes. to get uh, – and we The are electrical the grid. Yep, he, he wants grid. nothing but electric cars in 12 years. And we yep. have an electrical grid that malfunctions every summer now with, with the current load. Yep. It's just everything's nuts. All right, got to go, is. Jim. Okay, thanks a lot. Appreciate right. you giving the chance to uh, uh, at least uh, beg and – beg and plead for at least uh, high-speed rail to not just leave us with a bunch of crap up in the air and a bunch of our streets torn up, or we are going to we're going to be uh, a, a fifth largest city in the state of California that will have an embarrassment running through its heart. All right, Jim, and thank I'm, you. And I'm sad about that. Yeah, I understand. All right, Jim Patterson, okay, Republican you. Assemblyman in uh, Fresno, about the never-ending 15-year story, one of the most incredible wastes of taxpayer money in American history.
the high-speed rail. It's, what a monstrous waste. Uh, when we come back, we got to talk about uh, Will Smith is hurt and embarrassed. He's, his feelings are hurt because of Chris Rock's new round of jokes in the Netflix special he did. That's uh, coming up. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Just one more note on uh, the high-speed rail. A big story that uh, Newsom wants to spend uh, more tax money on it, even though we have a huge deficit and that they're over $100 billion short of funding. I, I mentioned earlier Ethan Elkind. Uh, he's uh, director of climate change at UC Berkeley Law School, and he follows transportation issues. He said, ultimately, the state will have to go back to voters and ask to borrow more money. Another bond issue. We would, add, we, would, we would have to approve to borrow more money and pay it back with our taxes. He said it's going to be harder to go back to the voters and ask for more funding. But I think ultimately that's what's going to be needed. Which is why it's so critical that they finish the first segment. Can you believe that? They're going to... I swear, if anybody votes for more funding for this thing, I'm coming over your house. I'm coming over your house. We're going to take you hostage. I mean, this is just beyond absurd. Uh, Ken's off today. All right, this this cracked me up. Well aware of the Will Smith smacking Chris Rock last year at the Oscars and a lot of people saw Chris Rock's special. I forgot, did you... Uh, I watched about 10 minutes of it, but I did hear what he said about Will Smith. Right. And and he explained, and I wasn't even clear on this, because I don't follow this stuff, maybe, maybe you do, that Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett, she was sleeping around with her son's friend. That is the rumor... What room? Well, I mean, I'm not going to. Okay, I'm not going to. If if that's what she said, then Eric's got photos. That's what she said. I don't have photos, but but I think I think they they I think didn't they have an open relationship? Also, that's been the rumor that they have a very open relationship. Yeah, it's a very uh, that is really open (laughs) when you're doing your son's friend. (laughs) Yeah, his name was August Alcina. He's a he's a singer. Boy, that's more than open. I didn't know that was fact. Well, I mean, she interviewed Will about it on the Red Table Talk. Okay. And Chris made a whole joke about it. Okay. I, I, I'm not up on this. Yeah, I, that I just I, I heard of that. Look, Eric, Eric's the expert. I know. How about this? Huh? Yeah, have that's Eric, just because I'm yeah. my. That, that's just because of my age. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Chris Rock uh, went through that whole uh, complex relationship and and really ripped into Will Smith, and now Will Smith says he's embarrassed and hurt. And according to a source, Will apologized to Chris, and he would like for Chris to let it go. <laughs> would you let it go if someone slapped you on national TV? <laughs> to let it go? He, uh, according to a source told Entertainment Tonight, he didn't watch it, but he had people tell him what Chris said, and uh, Will and Jada have seen comments about it. And he thought that Netflix made a distasteful move airing the special. <laughs> it wasn't in poor taste to sock Chris Rock. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, maybe Will Smith needs to get over that Chris Rock is still pissed. <laughs> you know, it could have been a lot worse. 
I mean, he he could have filed a, a massive lawsuit Absolutely. over this. Yeah, I don't think Chris Rock is pissed if he turned it into a comedy special. Well, he, I think uh, he was. I think. Well, I don't think he was happy that he got. That no, he got I don't slapped. think he was happy. I, I'm sure, and it's I'm been sure a year, almost a year, probably. But it's still obviously. I'm sure it still bugs him because he's talking about it. But he also made a whole lot of well, money to talk you know, about it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're <laughs> after you get pissed. The second thought is, wow, this is great material, right? You know, and this is the hook to get millions of people to show up at the concert tour. Exactly. I mean, what did, what did I hear? Forty million. Yes, forty million. It was yeah, it was the first million. ever live Netflix comedy special. They usually tape it and right. edit it and all of that. This was live, oh, the first ever. I didn't realize it was the first live one. Yeah. So forty million. That doesn't even count all the concerts he's given around the country, which all sold out in five minutes. Which he probably worked all of that material into. Right. Well, yeah. that's what anybody. I mean, that's what everybody wants to hear his reaction because he hasn't spoken about the slap. See, see how smart that is. <laughs> You hold it back, and it becomes more and more valuable. He could have spilled this all out for free. It's, all, it's been. Do you realize it's been? Um, it's this, the Oscars are Sunday, right? So it's been almost a year. Yeah. Um, also funny. Uh, uh, Bill Kramer is now the CEO of the Motion Picture Academy. Um, he says they have a designated crisis team if anything like this happens again. We have a whole crisis team, something we've never had before. Many plans in place. We've run many scenarios. Oh, that must be an entertaining meeting. <laughs> Just fantasizing what horrible thing could happen on live television on stage. Do they do, like, fire drills? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they have a dummies getting slapped on stage, and then we're, the we're, guys have to run out and tackle them? Rehearsals. Okay, you play Will Smith <laughs> charging the stage. You play Chris Rock. And, and and you're you know, I got five guys stationed to the left, five guys stationed to the right. Oh, they better be armed. Uh, he said, we've run many scenarios. It's our hope that we'll be prepared for anything that we may not anticipate right now. But we're planning for it just in case it does happen. Wait a second. We're planning for things that they're not anticipating just in case they happen. Well, yeah, you got to you got to expect the unexpected, John. Right. I well, somebody's going to want a lot of attention, right? I mean, it's not going to surprise me if somebody <laughs> tries to do something because look at the all this attention. I wonder if somebody will try to do a do a, a parody of it. I was just about to say, right, watch yeah. a, watch another comedian try and fake run up on stage and see what happens. <laughs> he gets shot. <laughs> the crisis. I wouldn't. I wouldn't test the crisis team. God knows who they've hired. Probably uh, the same guys as the Metro Board. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe some ambassadors. That's right. <laughs> All right, more coming up. John and Ken show. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM 640. We we talked before about this this uh, monstrous boondoggle of high speed rail and how much money is being wasted. And you know I, the way the way uh, Jim Patterson, our guest, the Republican Assemblyman. Uh, described Newsom was perfect. You know, he's just a pretty boy. And he just loves making public pronouncements and to get attention. And he doesn't think things through, follow things through. Even even the L.A. Times in one of their news stories said that the governor often jumps on some hot-button issue just to basically the virtue signal. And he, without any explanation of how the program is going to work and what the consequences were going to be. And the perfect example of this, and if, I, I still don't believe this will follow through. I'll tell you, let me tell you, 10 years from now, you are not, or 15, 12 years from now, you are still going to be buying gas-powered cars in California. And there still is not going to be a usable high-speed rail. All right? 
no matter how many pronouncements they make. And on the high-speed rail, uh, rather on, on the uh, electric car front, the CalMatters.org Matter, Cal ran a story about electric car batteries and whether supply problems will keep electric cars from ever becoming uh, a, a primary way of driving here in the state because it they're they're so most of the minerals have to be mined uh in in far off places that we have no control over and for example the cobalt in the congo the democratic republic of congo is in central africa and they have a huge percentage of the cobalt which is a, a rare earth mineral uh that you must have to run an electric car battery uh, we have access to very little of that around the world. The Chinese have virtually all the access. And they're using these, these child slaves who are working on, these on their hands and knees. And if you see the photos, first of all, the cobalt mine itself is this gigantic crater that they have gouged into the earth. I can't believe any woke, progressive, environmentalist, West Side Hippie, if they saw the photos of the damage being done by these cobalt mines and looking at the children and the women who are on their hands and knees completely coated in cobalt dust, I mean, to me, this is a test whether you're really a phony, a phony about human rights, a phony about the environment, like the whole lot, because they're these are African women and men. African children, some of them very young, treated like slaves. And they're giving all the cobalt mineral over to the Chinese, who are then going to be in charge of the market. And we're going to have to be begging them in order to get enough batteries made for our electric car fantasy. I mean, I, you know, and the Chinese also have enslaved all the Uyghurs, the Muslims in their country and put them in concentration camps. And if they have the child slaves who work at the Apple factories and all the other tech factories making your phones and iPads and the rest of it. I, I mean, that's why I have no interest in listening to any of these progressive phonies lecture about anyone being oppressed, any human rights, any, about, about slavery. I mean, for uh, good Lord, if, if you could see what's out there and, You've got these automakers who are, are trying to appease the government. Uh, General Motors wants to set a 2035 goal to electrify their entire fleet. Well, I'm going to go out and buy three gas-powered cars, I think, and just garage them somewhere. Uh, Volvo and Mercedes want to be fully electric by 2030. Um, only Ford is holding back, saying they're just going to go electric only in Europe over the next uh, 12 years. Um, most of the mining is going to be in Africa, Australia, South America, and Asia. Very little of it here. They're going to be exploring to tear up the Arctic Circle and, and, and the ocean deep seabeds. And do you think that these supply chains are going to work? What do you think this is going to cost? What's going to happen when you have warring factions? Because the, the Congo has, has dealt with uh, you know, civil wars.
frequently. So what happens when they take control of the minds? I mean, this is just the most badly thought out virtue signaling like nonsense that I mean, out of all the virtue signaling nonsense we've had to endure over the past few years, this is one of the most ridiculous. And they simply don't have the materials and they don't have the supply chain. They have to get cobalt, nickel, lithium uh, to build the batteries. Without these, you can't, you simply don't have the batteries. Uh, and to deal with the Chinese, I mean, if you heard the Chinese leader this week, he's 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 acting quite belligerent. You know, he's he's ready to go to war in the next few years if he has to with the United States. Um, to give you an example of the, how the cost of this is so unpredictable, before COVID, according to one expert, the cost of lithium was seven to eight dollars a kilo. Now it's sixty-five to seventy dollars a kilo. It, it increased tenfold. The price of cobalt more than doubled uh, from mid-2021 to 2022. It's fallen dramatically since. And, um, but yeah, you look at the photos. I, I defy if there's any real environmentalist or any real human rights advocate to look at the photos or the videos of the little children working in these disgusting cobalt pits and covered in cobalt dust and not be sick to your stomach. And then, and then you're going to tootle around in your electric car with your, with your new electric battery and feel like you're doing something good for the planet and good for humanity. Uh, it's just, uh, they say only Tesla because it, it, it has its uh, close control of the materials and the battery manufacturing is well positioned to avoid supply chain and battery disruptions. But point is, is like if you if you want to experiment and slowly roll out the product and see if it takes, see if the supply chains work, and, and if the public wants it, that's one thing. But to mandate banning the sale of gas-powered cars in 2035 is just completely insane. Just absurd. And is going to be rolled back by somebody after Newsom's done in office. All right. We've got Conway coming. Hey, now. Hey, now. Steve Gregory's coming on with us. I, I talked about the three LAPD officers that got shot last night. Uh, he was on the case there. Petros Papadakis at five bells. And then Dean Sharp at 620. I don't know if you, if you guys read the LA Times, uh, but they had a couple of articles in there today about how people are leaving California, yes. leaving LA, leaving San Francisco. And I read the entire article, and there's never uh, any self-awareness how that paper has endorsed nothing but one party for 40 years, yes. and this turned into an asshole. <laughs> they never blame themselves at all. No, no. For whatever influence they have on the public, <laughs> and I don't want to meet the person who reads an L.A. Times editorial and then starts voting the way it was suggested. Do you want to know that guy? Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild that, you know, that they didn't say, hey, man, we may have uh, booted a couple of these endorsements. Well, yeah. And, and then when they carry on about, uh, you know, some of these politicians who screw up and scandalize themselves and have to be hounded out of office, they never mentioned how many times they endorsed the guy. Yeah, right. They never mentioned how many times they endorsed Kevin DeLeon. <laughs> yeah, Kevin DeLeon was there last night. At the press conference with these three officers. 
You know, I mean, literally three months ago, he was in a conversation, uh, you know. He's just going to keep going. I guess. He'll probably get reelected. But that's the city that we live in. Yeah. You know, where that guy gets his, keep his job. That's well, fine. There's a way to force now, it out. At least we know the rules. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> we know the rules. Okay. He's coming up. Very good. Conway. Let's go. And Crozier is the news. Live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.